The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We live in a fast-paced, hectic world where it is easy to feel overwhelmed, stressed, and out of control. How do you manage all the competing pressures without losing your sense of yourself? How do you stay focused enough to not only plot a path, but follow it? Welcome to Master Your Life, a show that offers inspiration, insight, and intelligence, as well as success stories for many walks of life that can show you how you can control your own destiny. Our knowledgeable and entertaining hosts and their guests give practical advice that you can use every day in the quest to master your life. Now, here are your hosts, Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin. Welcome to Master Your Life, a show of insight, intelligence, and inspiration for people who are looking to uh, improve their life and uh, improve the lives of those around them. I'm joined today by my wonderful co-host, Dr. Howard Rankin. Howard, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great, Leah. Thank you so much. Um, how are you? I'm fantastic, as usual. I'm yes. really excited about about <laughs> today's New Year's show because uh-huh. I just think that uh, in the New Year, one of the things that people love to look at, and me in my coaching practice, we definitely see this all the time, is how do I um, have a better life than I had last year? And sometimes we're a little mm-hmm. bit more reflective about those things. And in today's show, we're actually going to dig into that. Um, and you have some exciting news about a new book that you have um, in the cookers. So maybe you could just tell us about your new book, Howard. Yeah, my new book, um, which right now is called Facing Up, The Art and Science of Redemption, comes um, out of some of the experiences that I shared with listeners uh, when we first started our show way back when about the difficulties I had, the mistakes and stumbles I made, and, and the insights that I got from doing that. And uh, so partly that, partly... Um, understanding that from a sort of science, psychological, behavioral, neuroscience perspective, also understanding it from a faith faith mm-hmm. perspective. Um, and on that score, there was something interesting that happened this week that, that perhaps is very relevant. Um, our church has a ministry for prisoners. It's called mm-hmm. Kairos. And our community, <laughs> excuse me, is asked to bake or provide cookies for the prisoners in a local um, penitentiary. And, um, yeah, it is cool. And I, uh, I did not go. There's only a small group that go. I did not go this time. But um, it's not untypical, and it happened this time, that the prisoners in this particular penitentiary were totally blown away that anyone would just gratuitously and generously do something like that for them. Mm -hmm. And so why do you think they were so blown away? Well, I think that when you do do a stumble, when you do screw up in life, as we all do, um, 
Yes, there's part of it where you, part of you is going to be angry and disbelieve it, and we're going to talk about those processes, but also part of you is very angry with yourself, and I think you, it's very easy to see yourself then as, paint yourself as unlovable, unworthy, useless, you know, the shame and disgrace and humiliation comes into play. And so when somebody, and I certainly know this from my personal experience, and I shared it in that first show we did, when somebody reached out to me um, when I was in the depths of uh, the aggravation that I was going through and said, how are you doing okay? And I really want to know how you're doing. That meant everything to me because it's very easy in a situation like that to assume, you know what, the whole world now sees me in a particular way and they're against me. Right. And I think many listeners um, of the show, again, are, are interested in mastering their life. And you're really only interesting in mastering your life when you actually already have some awarenesses that you're struggling. <laughs> so <laughs> then you go, I really do want to, um, I really do want to dig into what are these things that are kind of getting in my way of really living this life that I really have visioned for myself and this disparity between the vision that we have and the reality that we're living in each area of our life um, really do disconnect us. So the prisoner story is a great story because I do think it's that you disconnect when you do something that is offside, as I'll call it, (laughs) you may disconnect from loving yourself actually at a really, um, at an authentic, true level. And when you can't love yourself, it's really um, amazing and difficult to accept love from other people. And, And so this, I love the title of this book, Facing Up. Uh, the art and science of redemption. I think that's um, very plain speaking to people who are um, going through any kind of turmoil in their life. And as you so eloquently pointed out, uh, there's I can't think of one single person in the span of my life, uh, for sure, that has not fallen off the wagon, done something they felt embarrassed about, and maybe even ashamed, yes, or some, some part of their life became uh, not the way they imagined it would be. <laughs> so well, I think this right. book speaks, can speak to every single person on the planet, really, maybe other than a baby. <laughs> yes, maybe. Uh, I'm reminded of uh, Mark Twain's comment, human uh, beings are the only species that blush mm-hmm. or need to. Right. (laughs) Yes. So let's talk about blushing. (laughs) Let's talk about that physiological um, uh, reaction and response to what? What causes us to blush? Uh, I think it's a good question. Being found out, um, perhaps uh, realizing the games are whatever game we're playing. Uh, You know, there's an embarrassment there because, um, yeah, it's you're found out. So, Howard, can we make ourselves blush? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I think that if we're honest with ourselves. And that's hard. You know, we can rationalize anything, right? So even if we knew, hey, look, we did something, and eh, the problem with the right thing to do, we can rationalize and say, well, it's really not that bad. A lot of people do worse things than that. Come on. And not really deal with, realistically deal with it. I think you can only begin to deal realistically with it if you're prepared to talk to others about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's this neat little structure in our own bodies 
that actually um, sends us a signal that we're doing things that's off course. So if we're aware enough of that, so blushing is a great signal and a great indicator um, that even maybe in our conscience um, is kind of tickling us or nudging us to notice when we're doing stuff that is actually um, not in alignment with what we vision for our lives. And that's it's such a cool thing to understand that our body is physiologically, like we're wired to know when we're starting to kind of go off track. And, yeah. and so part of the gift of this, um, I think, show is actually just talking about like how, so then how do we pay a little more attention to those physiological things that go on that would give us a heads up before we wade full, full on into the next um, drama or trauma <laughs> that might be that might be ready to unfold. <laughs> um, well, let's just back up a little bit because you're talking yeah. about neurology, mm-hmm. uh, and there is a new field of what's called neurocriminology, mm. which looks at the brains of offenders and people who've committed crimes, right. and there are differences. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, there are two. Um, differences, and a lot of this work has been done by a guy called Adrian Rain, R-A-I-N-E, if listeners are interested in looking up his work. Um, at this point, there are, are two main findings. One, a lot of offenders don't have a very strong frontal lobe. Mm-hmm. And the frontal lobe is, you know, the seat of judgment and the basis, neurological basis, of doing what you're just suggesting, looking at yourself and owning up mm-hmm. and judging yourself. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's that's one type of issue. The other issue is a much smaller emotional area of the brain, um, which seems to imply that people don't have a conscience or don't feel um, the discomfort or the embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Um, and these would probably be the psychopaths who probably would never blush. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't mean anything to them. Right. So, so, so it, interestingly, there is a neurological component here that drives our behavior. And yes, we do want to get our frontal lobes functioning, the area of judgment and thinking, and honestly look at that and say, you know, is this acceptable? And perhaps one question to ask is, if somebody had done this to me or somebody else had done exactly the same thing, how would I view it? Right. And, and just going back to the frontal lobe for one second, it is also the seat of impulse control. So, <laughs> so, the, so when there's been injury to the head, especially things like concussions and that. We often see people will have these changes in their behavior where once upon a time maybe they actually had fairly good impulse control and had the ability to be introspective and then we'll see this change in them and they'll go, well, what in the world is going on with them? They used to be so in control or so able to make good decisions and then, and there's different times in, in in the life of a brain where these things are affected, but it's just good to note that sometimes these things are not a personality um, problem per se, but a brain dysfunction. So being able to, you know, differentiate those two things is also, um, um, you know, we ask you to think about what it is, you know, you want in your life and how it is you want to be. But in terms of differentiating uh, if something is um, chosen or if something is a, a result of an actual brain misfunction, that those two things are would be dealt with very differently. 
in terms of how to manage them and strategize and come up with great solutions. So for today, though, we're going to focus on the idea of redemption with a great functioning brain. <laughs> yeah, and interestingly, there's a classic historic study of a guy called Phineas Gage, mm-hmm. who I believe was a railroad worker and got a piece of metal right through his frontal lobe, and his personality completely changed. You know, he mm-hmm. was totally impulsive, uh, and that was the beginning of you know the case studies looking at the role of the frontal lobe. Um, Yeah, we have to assume, uh, and people are going to vary in their ability to do this, but the goal still still surely is to monitor yourself and be honest with yourself. And, and, you know, frankly, if you're not honest with yourself, there's part of you that knows that, Mm -hmm. and it manifests itself in different ways, in discomfort, in stress. Um, So being honest with yourself, and of course you do need to be trained how to be honest with yourself, um, is the first step, I think, in recognizing, on the road to redemption, because redemption is, first of all, you got to face up to whatever it is you've done. Mm-hmm. You've got to face up to that, and you have to accept responsibility for it. Right. And so what would some of the examples, I think, current day examples be when people are going, redemption, redemption, I'm not sure if I, you know, I'm picking up uh, what you're laying down. What would be some of the things that people might need redemption from? What would be examples of things where people will, will have gone, oh, that was not in alignment with the behavior that that is, quote unquote, right? <laughs> well, you know, honestly, it could be anything, couldn't it? From shoplifting to... Mm-hmm to uh, sexual violence, to being really nasty or mm-hmm. uh, manipulative to a friend or a family member. Um, honestly, there's a gazillion things it could be, unfortunately. Right. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and part of that is, does that behavior really match who you are? And, right. and if it doesn't, is that who you want to be or not? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, and the, the problem with... Redemption is facing up to it, facing up to whatever it is that you have done, because nobody likes discomfort, and so we will try to minimize discomfort. We will minimize it by saying, I really didn't do that, or it's not really that bad, or you're really exaggerating, and and some of that's probably going to be true, to be honest, Mm -hmm. because what's not perfect, but that doesn't obviate the need for you to be honest with yourself. Right. And I think even the word discomfort is a word that minimizes the amount of pain that people feel when they do uh-huh. stuff that is, you know, off, uh, you know, offside. Um, so it's like anguish, pain, uh-huh. uh, hurt, uh, though, you know, deep hurt. Those uh-huh. are or and it can be deep hurt of things that you've done for yourself. Betrayal and that emotes. Those emotions are uh like the true emotions that you feel. So I think even simple examples of uh, if you say you're going to be on time for things and you're not on time, uh, mm-hmm. that those are just even those little little places where you don't show up the way you said you were going to. And then all of a sudden it's like you're not in alignment with who you said you were going to be. And so it's not big things like it doesn't necessarily need to be big things like cheating on a spouse or um uh, being uh, fraudulent in your business <laughs> right. Right. because different people will have the same amount of emotion for 
being late as they will have for doing something that's what we're what I think people would like to call the big deeds, <laughs> you know, the big dirty right. deeds, right. and right. and our soul doesn't differentiate those things. Yeah, and when you look at how we deal, human beings deal with discomfort, those mm-hmm. sort of defense mechanisms, there are very adaptive mechanisms which we'll talk about because they are part of that redemptive journey. But there's also pathological um, defense mechanisms, which are things like denial. I I did not do that. It did not happen. Or projection. No, I didn't. You did that. Not me, you know. Um, And and a variety of maladaptive, immature, and pathological defenses that don't help. They keep you stuck. The only way you can find redemption is facing up – to what has happened and dealing with that effectively through some of the techniques that we will talk about and the processes we'll talk about um, in the second part of the show. Right. And so uh, I think we'll be um, delving into the also stages of grief, kind of revenge fantasies, the, you know, how do you pragmatically do these things of, of, um, you know, recognizing and facing up to what you've done, but then what do you do with that? And who are the people who are going to support you and who are the people who are not going to support you? Because that can also get in the way of having a, uh, like, clean slate and that whole idea of having a clean slate. What does that mean and where do we go forward from from that position? So when we come back uh, to Master Your Life, we'll be talking about Howard's new book, Facing Up the Art and Science of Redemption, and uh, where you can reach us is at reallifetraining.com and psychologywriter.com. So after the break, we'll pick it up with Howard on Facing Up the Art and Science of Redemption. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. If you've been searching for fat loss and mental clarity in one place, think ketosis. Maybe you've heard about a ketogenic diet but have been totally turned off by the painstaking effort to do it. Well, agonize no longer because there is a solution. What could be just as simple and easy as taking your daily vitamins? Visit reallifetraining.expert to find out. Raise your hand and get in on the front end of the total wellness revolution. Get well, manage your mood, clear your mind. Visit reallifetraining.expert now. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, You'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here. Consciousness is all about including everything and judging nothing. Our program will help you break free from your personal limitations and enhance positive change in all areas of your life. Tune in to Access Consciousness, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. 
Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Master Your Life. To reach Leah Mattinson, Dr. Howard Rankin, or their guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Leah. That's L-E-A-H-A at changeyourlife.expert. Now, back to Master Your Life. Welcome back to Master Your Life. I'm Leah Mattinson, joined by my co-host, Dr. Howard Rankin. And today we're talking about redemption and grace and forgiveness in the, in the uh, whole embodiment of redemption. So before the break, we were talking about facing up. And now that we have faced up to the proverbial whatever it is that we have done wrong, <laughs> we need to figure out what we're going to do with that. So I have taken ownership of that I have done this thing wrong. And, and now, what is it? Where are we going to start with fixing this current problem? And so, Howard, just love to um, dive into what are, the, what are the five stages of grief and how do we move through those things? Well, the five stages of grief um, are somewhat relevant um, to redemption. And the five stages are denial, and we just talked about, look, you can't deny, you have to face up. Anger, anger Mm -hmm. at yourself, maybe anger at others. Bargaining, um, again, with yourself and maybe with others. Oh, it's really not that bad. How can I, you know, Mm -hmm. make the best of this? Depression, and then the final stage, acceptance, which Mm -hmm. is okay. Here's what I did. I will own up to it. Now I'm going to have to find a way back from this position I'm in because, you know, it is a pretty depressing situation. Um, uh, You know, when that happened to me and I lost my license and I was in the newspaper, pretty depressing stuff, I have to tell you. And it does does dominate your thinking. Mm Mm-hmm. And and the danger is you get stuck there, and you just simply cannot afford to be stuck there. You can't be stuck in revenge fantasies, you know. And and I should say those those stages, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance, don't, you know, you don't smoothly jump from one to the other. They're kind of hovering around a lot of the time. Right, Uh, Even in acceptance. Even in acceptance, you can still have mm-hmm. some revenge fantasies mm-hmm. about, you know, other people and their role in, in, in whatever. Right. Um, so, so it is important to recognize that, I think one of the things is very, very important, you have to live in the present and you can't mm-hmm. live in the past. And one of the natural things for people to do is try to go back and make it all, all better. Mm-hmm. You can't go back. You can't go back. You can only go forward. Or you can be stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, if you yes. if you if you just go into obsess about this and all of those things we talked about, and you're stuck, and you cannot move forward, you're in trouble. You know, you're like Lot's wife. You know, who looked back, could only look back, and was right. turned into a pillar of salt. You yes, know, you will be turned into a pillar of salt if you cannot get some forward momentum. Right, and so these falling from grace happens throughout everyone's life multiple times yes. <laughs> and, and that whole it's it is 
completely, when you say falling from grace, we have an idea of ourselves that is um, sometimes accurate and sometimes not accurate. But if we get to a stage of almost comfort with ourselves, where we feel like we're doing okay and things are good. And then some little, someone comes along and or some awareness comes along and rips off the bandaid or we do something that is out of alignment and go, oh my Lord, that is, I am not who I thought I was. And this, so that whole going through the grieving process, it's all, you can look at it. Um, it's really cool to look at it like exciting also and going, oh, okay, I know what's coming. Like once you understand that this, it is a process, uh, you can be excited about being depressed (laughs) because you can go, uh, and it's just a different way to position it, but going, oh, it's like, okay, I actually feel a real feeling, which is depression. And I know that there's a way to get out of this feeling. I just need to do some things differently, which is an empowering sort of a position to be in. And just like you said, though, the, the not getting stuck or trapped or ruminating on things or going back over and over and over again. And I see people doing this regularly on the news because the news just keeps replaying the things that go have gone wrong over and over and over and over. And we watch it, you know, so it's not like we watch it once one time. We need to watch two or three episodes of the same thing every day if people are news watchers or listen to it incessantly, you know. So I can count the number of times that I, you know, heard the same message over the span of a day that was about somebody that had had a fall from grace. And it didn't matter if they had done things wonderfully for the last 50 years. They did one thing. They had to go through their <laughs> the process of the fall from grace. And that in the public eye is just makes it even, you know, that much more uh, difficult, Howard. And, and you know yes. that. I know that. So um, for and people who are even dealing with it in private, though, it's a very challenging place to be well you know in some ways there is no private anymore mm-hmm. is there really oh true I yeah. mean, it, it, you know even if um what you're dealing with is sort of secret and nobody really knows mm-hmm. there's always the the concern that somebody's going to know and post it on facebook or mm-hmm. put it in the newspaper so there isn't private which is a mixed blessing in a way right. uh hopefully that makes people face up rather than try to keep it a secret um but then the way it is presented in the media or social media is, is going to be very distorted. I, I think the key is is not to see this as this is a disaster that happened to me and that's the end of me. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity. It's mm-hmm. an opportunity for you to reevaluate your life. It's an opportunity to find perhaps new purpose, new mission, new vision. It's a real opportunity to do that. And let's not forget that the history of mankind is almost built around the fact that mm-hmm. people screw up and then they get redemption through their own efforts. I mean, right. you know, just look at the Bible, mm-hmm. St. Paul, a lot of the saints, St. August, August, Augustine. Um, this is what it's about. It's mm-hmm. about, I'm here, and it's not a place I want to be. And it forces you to go to a higher place. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, I thought about calling this book A Fall to Grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a fall gives you the opportunity to find grace, perhaps in a different way or in a way you never thought of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, if people are stuck with um, that, like, how do I tell? How do I come clean? How do I tell another person? Or how do I? How do I get this out of my? Um, life, this whatever is the incongruent thing that that you've done. 
Um, so do you have some ideas about that, Howard, about how people can come clean, so to speak? Well, first of all, they've got to come clean themselves, with themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, obviously, choosing who you talk to is is very, very important. And hopefully, you would choose somebody that you trust implicitly to um, keep a secret um, and to be respectful of you. Um because that's important. If you go to somebody and they say, oh, my God, you're awful. I'm going to go to the police right now mm-hmm. and tell them what you've been doing. That's not probably very helpful uh, unless you probably have committed – if you've committed a big crime, uh, maybe that's an appropriate response. But um, I think that when you're trying to work this out, you're obviously looking for somebody who is going to respect where you're at and not be judgmental. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's really and- hard in today's society not yeah. be judgmental. Yeah, and I think so. I think that there's um, when you tell somebody also, there you've shared this truth about yourself, and there you all from I think that it's also you're asking somebody to help you to um, figure out how to not do it again. So it's like there's this coming clean sort of bit, um, and that that's part and parcel of how you deal in a healthy way um, with staying out of shame. Like so, just going to the embarrassed part and not not getting into shame and getting stuck there is by admitting that you've done something that's, um, you know, not right. And then by going, but I'm struggling with it. Because if I wouldn't have been struggling with it, I wouldn't have done it in the first place. You know, so it's almost like you're asking or thinking about who's this team member that's going to help me um, to navigate through this landscape. Because mm-hmm. unless it's something that's a repeated pattern of behavior, um, if it's a new thing that you've done, uh and that you've just had this big aha, um, like if you shoplifted for the first time, and it was a big aha, and you went, oh, my Lord, I never want to do that again, uh, then you maybe have the internal structure and fortitude to not do that, or out of fear, you maybe would never do it again, um, or your, or the partner in that might be the police, or if you're a teenager, it might be your parent that you would go to them and say, like, I did this thing, and I actually don't know what to do about it, um, but right. then as a team member, they would maybe ask you some questions about, well, what do you think happened right then, like, why, what was the temptation, why did it matter so much to you, so just that... Um, the ability to bring somebody else in on the team to help you to ask those introspective questions to get you out of that, you know, um, staying tied to a story that's not going to serve you. Absolutely right. I think that's true. And again, um, people treating you with respect and without judgment, um, I think is is very, very important. Mm-hmm. And I know, th- and I think that could very well be for a lot of people the first step on their way to redemption mm-hmm. is to have another human being hear what they've said and uh, not be judgmental. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess the whole point of confession, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's, I, yeah, I don't know. I think there's an element of being judgmental, though. I think uh, because, uh, and not judgmental in a harsh way, but just the Correct. judgment being being of, um, like, judicious in your thinking of being able to go, well, that wasn't the right thing to do. <laughs> now, right. yeah. well, uh, what are you going to do? Yeah, right, that right. that was dumb. That was dumb. Or that's gonna that may cost you. That may end up biting you in the in the right. proverbial butt. Right. So, right. so the uh, I just want to make sure that people aren't confused that we uh, or that I anyway am, am think that people 
need to have the ability to be judicious in their thinking because then you can't differentiate what's morally intelligent or not morally intelligent. And you and I, Howard, have talked about this a lot, you know, the whole ideas of, you know, civility and and humility and how do those things, you know, um, come into this whole discussion of, of redemption and if we're developing good relationships with people that we have trusted advisors in our lives and you and I both had, you know, coaching practices for a number of years and uh, that we're looked to, to come and do speaking engagements about topics like redemption and personal transformation and those types of things that we, that we are um, judicious in our thinking, uh, both internally, like how we process things ourselves. We think, is that thinking right? Right. (laughs) Am I, I, uh, and, and also about how we judge situations or how we um, judge the behaviors of people, which is not the same thing as judging somebody's soul um, because that's, you know, between them and God. (laughs) Yes. And I'm glad you, I'm glad you clarified that. That's really what I meant. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I meant be judicious. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's tough. Totally fine to say to somebody, well, that was a really dumb thing to do. What were you thinking about? Um, but it's another to recoil with hate, you know. Yes. And, and uh, you know, as you say, judge somebody's soul rather than their behavior. Yeah, that whole the disconnection, and and because we're both very big promoters of people being um, like this whole idea, being very very collaborative on every level, and so when you're in harmony with yourself, when you're when your uh, activities and behaviors are in alignment with the things that you envision for your life, you're in harmony with yourself, and from that place you can be in harmony with other people, which is just the coolest state to be in. Like there's right. no there's no shame uh, in a, when you're in a state of high positive regard and high personal high self respect, um, then your connection with other people comes from that place of um, just having high self respect, so you can respect other people. So that's why the process of redemption is so critical to each individual person and to um, you know bigger even countries and things like that is is you know what are the things that we did as a country or what are the we think you know the things that we did um, as a nation that we supported and then we went oh that was a bad move you know mm-hmm. so looking back into history I think we have lots of great examples of you know whole nations who have. Um, done things in terms of redemption and redemption, redemptive measures with people who've been treated, um, you know, cruelly or um, inhumanely or uncivilly. And and you're right, because in the end, what does it come down to? Your self-esteem is going to come from your relationships and how people treat you. Mm -hmm. And if at this, in these depths, you can find somebody who's still prepared to treat you with civility and, and with love, mm-hmm. um, that is a huge part of the redemptive journey to get you going. There is absolutely no question about that. Uh, if you're left alone and isolated, I think it accentuates um, the denial, the anger, the bitterness, the self-loathing, the shame, uh, and just compounds it even more. Mm-hmm. So... Clearly, that is a very, very important step. 
Right. And huge red flags for people who are, if you're listening to the show right now and you're going, I can recognize this in myself that I'm isolating myself, or I have people in my life that I recognize are isolating themselves. Like, uh, how do I reach out and reconnect with those people to bring them into the, like a healing process where they feel like they have a safe time, safe place, safe person to actually go through some of this redemptive um, work. And we could, marriages are such a powerful place where we see this happen all the time in our practice Um, just because husbands and wives like we're most of the time trying to do our very best for each other and sometimes that doesn't work out the way (laughs) the way that that we you know intended for a multitude of reasons because there's so many variables and factors and and so just in you know original families and in blended families we see um, just day in day out these opportunities for redemption uh, and for asking for you know redemption and forgiveness but that whole process starts with us recognizing when we're you know when we have things that need to be forgiven and then from that position being able to forgive other things so uh, when we come back after the break we're going to talk about some of the pragmatics of you know how do you actually give forgiveness to yourself how do you forgive other people and why does all this matter anyway (laughs) as we'll be joined after the break again with dr howard rankin and talking about his new book facing up the art and science of redemption your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you've been searching for fat loss and mental clarity in one place, think ketosis. Maybe you've heard about a ketogenic diet but have been totally turned off by the painstaking effort to do it. Well, agonize no longer because there is a solution. What could be just as simple and easy as taking your daily vitamins? Visit reallifetraining.expert to find out. Raise your hand and get in on the front end of the total wellness revolution. Get well, manage your mood, clear your mind. Visit reallifetraining.expert now. Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Many people believe it's a man's place to stay strong no matter what. It's considered weak if you break. Men deal with all kinds of issues, insecurity, fears, and struggles, but there has been no place to turn to until now. Listen for Fundamentals with host Carl Bobo. We provide the support that men need and the guidance they seek. It's an open and honest forum featuring the topics you want to hear about with the answers that you seek. Listen live Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific and 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Master Your Life. To reach Leah Mattinson, Dr. Howard Rankin, or their guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Leah, that's L-E-A-H-A, at changeyourlife.expert. Now, 
back to Master Your Life. Welcome back to Master Your Life. I'm co-host Dr. Howard Rankin, along with host Leah Manson. And today we are talking about redemption. What do you do when you find yourself having screwed up in one way or another, maybe big time, maybe less so, but, but how do you find your way back from that? We've been talking about how to face up to those issues, hopefully have people around who can really support you in providing some perspective, which I think is very important. It's very mm-hmm. easy at times like that, Leah, to really lose your sense of perspective and go into a serious decline. Right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It is. I've And I'm struck by just... Um, like a, a, from early in my life that I had this big disconnect and for a multitude of reasons. And because when we look into history, there's always reasons why we do things. <clears throat> but I had gained this enormous amount of weight. And I've talked about that in you know a few shows along the way. But it, it really it was this like really uh, I had no respect for myself. And again, for as many great reasons as there was at the at the end of the day, um, that whole turning this, hurting myself by my own uh, way that I consumed food. And that when I had the aha moment of going, I'm not going to live my life like this anymore, then I turned it into something meaningful because I was able to coach other people about it. And I think we see that with people who um, figure out how to navigate through difficulties in their life is that they get themselves through the difficulty um, and never by themselves. I mean, there's you always have, you know, a multitude of interventions, fans, cheerleaders, and information that helps you to move yourself out of these places that you get stuck. And then the really powerful part comes when you actually turn that mess into a message of, of how can I help somebody else navigate through this same thing that I struggled with. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and one of the things of, of my mess was mm-hmm. to try to help other people, which in the end is really, for me, what it's about. Help people from my experience of going through that, um, what I felt and what I learned and, and what I know about the process because I've been there. It's not just I read about it in a book somewhere. I've been there. Mm-hmm. And, and I know what that's like. Um, and... Again, I cannot stress, I think the turning point for me was to be able to say, okay, what am I meant to do with this? Mm-hmm. I can turn this into something much bigger. I can turn it into something very positive and it can provide meaning in my life. And as soon as I focused on that and got off the, oh, I've screwed up badly, I've uh, shame, disgrace, humiliation, as soon as I got on that track, the rest didn't it didn't instantly go away by any means mm-hmm. but i had my focus mm-hmm. and that's where i had to put my time and energy and yeah. if you don't do that you're going to be lost yes but if you yeah. do do that man boy great things can happen and you know remind people of that great line by oscar wilde every saint has a past every sinner has a future um as a sinner your future actually could be a lot brighter simply because of going through the experience 
Right. Yeah. One and one of the most, uh, and I've just I feel like books are often a a really good um, way to for people to get healing. And I had read this book by John Bradshaw several years ago, and it was Reclaiming Virtue. And I know I've talked about it often on this show, and because it just had such a profound impact on my understanding of this whole idea of shame, virtue, guilt, redemption, and and the reason it meant something to me, and why I could read this. It's like probably you know, 2000 page book. It's huge, huge, huge book. And um, I read it and I didn't sleep. And I didn't sleep because the stories that he told were about himself and his failings and his struggles with um, alcoholism and with um, addiction to sex and pornography and this whole um, thing about like he was in the seminary. And I remember thinking uh, from my experience in life up to that point, everybody that I met that was quote unquote religious always put on this like kind of perfect front Mm -hmm. and that there was just no room to actually be imperfect. And so to read this, um, you know, book of uh, his uh, journey, John Bradshaw's journey, but also he's like a brilliant man, like he's brilliant. He's studied and uh, just know, has so much knowledge and that he could turn this pain into this wonderful manual for people to be able to take um, and use in their own redemptive journey and also to offer other resources and inspirations. So I think that's why this book that you're writing is so important, Howard, to um, for, for people to be able to kind of have a guidebook and to realize it's not coming from somebody who actually hasn't experienced some real um, like real difficulties Uh, not coming from a place of perfection but coming from a place of kind of imperfection and being able to um, you know really look at that and go how do I help other people to navigate around mistakes so that they don't make them or how do I help them to get through um, so they don't get stuck yeah and I think that can be a very valuable purpose and meaning for anyone in that mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I happen to be a writer. I happen to have a lot of background in in neuroscience and psychology, and so you know that helps tell the story and and so forth. But but you don't have to have that background a to learn from the experience and b to use that experience to help other people. You know, there's the meaning that comes from it. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I yeah, and my my son, my, my youngest son, uh, was invited to um, volunteer at this uh, Fishes and Loaves, which is a soup kitchen in the city that we live by. And so he was down there peeling potatoes and you know visiting with people, and then the homeless folks that were there at that time, a lot of them were struggling with addiction, you know, to drugs and alcohol, definitely, and you know their families were in a mess and and. Uh, the head kitchen guy was also the uh, pastor of the place. <laughs> so uh-huh. so my son got to know him quite well and absolutely had just nothing but positive um, regard for this fellow because he had been through his own addictions and his own living on mm-hmm. the street and uh, all this other stuff. And, and he just collected people to himself and they felt like they had a place that they could come to where they could talk about, you know, the, the real challenges in their lives and the things that they were struggling with. And um, that just made such an impression uh, on my young man, uh, and I, yeah, he went back several times and still goes back to visit this um, oh, that's pastor's. Great. Yeah, yeah. No, so you great. don't have to be. You do absolutely do not have to be in any sort of a position of any kind. You can reach out at any moment to 
to anybody and help them to see the beauty within themselves. I think that's why um, we've been given this ability to see light in other people and the goodness in them when we look for it. Yeah, no question. And I think mm-hmm. that's great that your son has that sort of mentor because mm-hmm. uh, I do believe mentors like that are very, very critical in shaping development of young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's awesome. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, people are going to relate to a meaningful real story rather mm-hmm. than an expert coming down and saying, here are seven things you need to do if you've screwed up to find redemption. <laughs> uh, you right. know, they don't, I've yes. never, I've never, personally, I've never really positioned myself as the expert in anything mm-hmm. um, because I, I don't think that works. Uh, and, um, you know, the, the thing that I'm most expert is my own experiences um, and how other people might relate to that. And I do think this speaks to several things like forgiveness, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you forgive yourself? How do you forgive others? Why would you do it at all? Uh, well, again, I think it's part of the healing. It's part of moving from your past into your future. Um, it's part of letting go, which is you know very, very difficult. And there is one thing um, that I think is important that – you know, the, the Lord's Prayer says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And what that as means, really means, forgive us our trespasses because we forgive other people. Mm-hmm. I think this is an important point. If you want people to forgive you, you need to be a forgiving soul as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where getting out of the revenge fantasies is very important um, because, <laughs> yeah, you know what, probably, maybe even though you screwed up, there are probably people along the way who certainly amplified that, did not help, uh, maybe did things even worse. Right. So this but point would be, want, the, would be the important part is to not hang out with people who want to talk about your revenge fantasies also. <laughs> yes, no, I think that's true, or encourage them in some way. Yes. Uh, which, unfortunately, if you look at popular culture, yeah. and if you look at movies, and you look at video games, yes. uh, that's not the message you're getting. No, absolutely not. And, and so the, with... Um, just the concept of forgiveness, Howard, there's, and as coaches, and uh, there's lots of tools that people can use to actually um, work on to forgive themselves. Can you just mention one tool that is like something that people can use, uh, you know, practically, uh, that if they go, I really need to forgive myself of this one thing today, what would be a, a tool or a tip or a trick that they could do? Well, actually, I think there's several things that they could do. I think a part of it is um, to look around, to look around them and see that the world is full of sinners, uh, mm-hmm. and they're not the only one who's who's done that. I think um, part of it is also to look at it and put it in perspective. I think the danger when you've done something dumb that you regret is that you actually exaggerate it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not saying you should minimize it, but you actually exaggerate it, and you need to try to put that in perspective. And that's where finding somebody else to talk to who can really help put that in perspective for you is, is important. But mm-hmm. for me, the biggest step is asking yourself, what does this mean for me? How do I turn this into meaning and purpose? What am I going to do with this? Mm-hmm. And if you want, you know, what does God want me to do with this? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think you start asking yourself that question and looking for 
the positive of the future in your life, then you're on your way. Mm-hmm. And and I would just encourage people to write down your answers. Write down write down the questions and the answers, uh, because thinking them again, we get caught in that binary Absolutely. brain, and things can run away on us. And da 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 da. So the writing it down uh, is a critical part, also of getting it out of your head and onto paper, where you can do something with it. Um, things that just float around in our head often. Uh, grow or shrink (laughs) depending on lots of things how much we've eaten how much sleep we've had who we're hanging around with when you write things down it gives you an opportunity to look at them the next day also and to evaluate them from maybe a healthier perspective um, or to let somebody else you know read what your thoughts are to see if they're accurate or inaccurate and um, uh, just that whole taking action physiologically changes mm-hmm. things uh, so just encourage people again to be writing down those thoughts and writing down the writing down the exercises and their answers yeah. and I think the question that we ask on this show is very very relevant mm-hmm. that might be the first question yes. who am I and who do I want to be right. uh, I made this mistake I screwed up I did this really stupid thing okay is that who I want to be that's behind me now I can choose to continue to do that I continue to I can continue to be influenced by it, or I can say no. That's not who I want to be. This is what I'm going to do, and that mm-hmm. gives you certainly writing it down very important. That gives you the focus to get your maybe escape velocity where you get out of the shame, disgrace, and humiliation onto mm-hmm. something positive. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And then you can also share it with your mentor or your coach uh, and and to talk about, you know, what would next steps be? Often people will write things down and they're still stuck. They go, well, I, I don't really know why I did what I did. I'm not, I'm not particularly clear on why I felt vulnerable in that moment. And so getting a different perspective, like you had mentioned earlier, Howard, is just re- really, really key. And having those great mentors around us uh, that are going to be wise advisors and wise advisors are are people who have, um, well, I mean, I guess you need to figure out what that is for yourself in your life. If you want advisors that are helping you to grow in your life and change your life to master your life, then you want people who have life mastery at some level that's higher than yours. <laughs> Not maybe Bob down at the bar, unless, of course, that. <laughs> I like Bob. Sorry, Bob. Just kidding. <laughs> Well, again, I think that's critical. Yeah. The environment that you're in is yeah. going to be a big influence on whether you, how able and how successfully you're able to do these things of, mm-hmm. of facing up, of looking squarely at what you've done, of deciding what this means for you and where you want to go from here, how to make it meaningful and purposeful and starting down that path. That's very hard to do on your own. Yes, and I think you bring up a good, really good point of the environment because it isn't just who you're hanging around with. It's what you're ingesting in your brain every day and taking in uh, uh, just, you know, so are you watching multiple amounts of media and TV shows that really are like uh, dismissive about the things that you don't want to have in your life uh, or permissive, you know, so rude, crude and um if that, if yeah, yeah, exactly. So if that's not what you want, then filling yourself up with that is—it's like you have control over that environmental piece. Then exercise your right and exercise your, um, you know, responsibility to take care of yourself. Also, yeah, there, there's no question about that. And and this model that we've been talking about of mm-hmm. the various stages and and the, the important things you can do really applies 
to many, many, many things, you know. Mm-hmm. We're not just talking about people who've committed, you know, really horrible crimes. Uh, we're not talking about that. Uh, we're talking about anything that violates your moral integrity. Mm-hmm. Anything that uh, you feel ashamed about um, that you did. And yes. that you want, again, who do you want to be? And if you want to be someone different, not the person who does that, how are you going to do it? Because here's the really cool thing, Leah, you can do it. You yes, can always absolutely. escape. You absolutely. can always, right? You can always yes. escape. You can always reshape yourself. Yes, and you can always do it right now. It doesn't have to be 10 minutes from now or 10 years from now. Change um, and, and making positive steps uh, are a future, like they're a present activity. Nothing happens in the past and nothing happens in the future. The only time that things happen is right now. So, And right now, we're really looking forward to your new book coming out uh, called Facing Up the Art and Science of Redemption. Uh, Dr. Howard Rankin, be looking for that in 2017 and we will keep you posted uh, as we get closer to the publishing date. In the meanwhile, I also like you, invite you to take a look at my book also about um, the essential guide to build Encourage Self-Respect and Wellness Silver Linings, which is available on Amazon.com. And you can check me out and my business on reallifetraining.com where you can see the public speaking engagements that we do and also on Howard's site at psychologywriter.com. Howard, as usual, it's been an absolute pleasure. Likewise. You have a great week. Thank you. And we uh ask you to join us again for Master Your Life, uh, where you can get insight, intelligence, and inspiration to live a wonderful, meaningful life. Have a fantastic week. Thank you for being a part of our show today. Master Your Life with Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin can be heard every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go enjoy your successful life.